Shalom. My name is Adam, and I welcome you to the parable of the vineyard. Every day, Yahuwah is waking up a remnant, a group of people who are coming out of deceptions, realizing our walk is to consist of faith and obedience to His righteous commands. Each week, we read through and examine a portion of the Torah, allowing the Spirit of the Most High to guide, teach, and open our eyes and ears to the wondrous matters out of His law. Join us as we seek to be refined by His Word, preparing ourselves for the return of our King of Kings, being faithful and obedient, walking in His way, truth, and life. Hey, Shabbat Shalom, and welcome back, brothers and sisters, to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube tour portion live stream. My name is Adam, and I welcome you. This week is Toldot, which is, uh, what's on the screen now, actually, Genesis 25, 19 through 28.9, and lots to talk about here. Uh, mainly the high, the uh, main focus uh, will be, of course, about uh, Jacob and e the birth of Jacob and Esau, and uh, some of the things that happens uh, throughout their life. Uh, we're going to be digging, of course, through the, the chapters here uh, just mentioned in Genesis, uh, also cross-referencing in the Septuagint, uh, in the, um, also in the Targums, uh, also in the Book of Jasher, to kind of get the, the full story, if you will, because that's really the main focus this year of the Torah portion, is to get the fullness, really, of what's going on, and to... Uh, better understand. So each year as we go through the Torah portions, um, I know my goal is to uh, continue to just learn more about how what this walk actually looks like. Uh, I want to know all the fine details. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you. I'm curious about everything. Uh, now that I've found the, this Torah to be the prize, the, the pearl, you know, the parable of where the merchant sold everything he had to buy that one pearl, um, well, I've found that uh, the Torah is the pearl, <laughs> and uh, so I just want to learn everything about it. So that's why we're you know searching these. Oh, and of course ju jubilees as well to really get the full uh, breadth of of what's going on uh, in these stories or in in history, if you will. So uh, let's uh, let's see. Let's get to where we are with Genesis twenty five. So I'm going to read twenty five. Um, but we're going to listen to the Word Audio Project for uh, chapters 26 and 27. Uh, if you're not familiar, that is a uh, audio recording project uh, that we've been uh, tasked to do. Uh, basically, we're recording the Sefer uh, and all the books that are contained in it uh, in a dramatized uh, fashion with custom music, sound effects, that kind of stuff. So um, we'll be we'll be going through that tonight. So. Let's uh, get over to Genesis 25 and get started. Actually, we'll start with a quick prayer, and uh, we'll get going. So, Heavenly Father, Yahuwah, Most High, we just come before you again, and we just thank you for uh, the ability to gather together like this. We 
pray, uh, as Psalm 119 states, Psalm 119, that uh, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your Torah, because uh, we want to understand it better and we want to walk it out better. So please cultivate in our heart understanding uh, and give us uh, the ruach to, to walk these things out. Um, we, just, we just thank you and we just love you. Amen and amen. Okay, let's uh, let's get to it, and here we go, Genesis 25 and 19. And these are the generations of Yitzchak, Yitzchak is Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Yitzchak, and Yitzchak was 40 years old when he took Rivka, Rebecca, to be his woman, the daughter of Bethuel, the Arami of Padan Aram, the sister to Lavan, or commonly known as Laban, the Arami. And Yitzchak entreated Yahuwah for his woman because she was barren, and Yahuwah was entreated of him, and Rivka, his woman, conceived. But uh, it didn't seem to be that. Actually, it wasn't uh, as simple as that. We're going to read uh, Jasher 25, 28, which is just the last verse through the next chapter, a couple, couple of verses. So this is Jasher, chapter 25. Again, Jasher, the book of Jasher was mentioned uh, two times in scriptures, uh, once in Joshua ten thirteen, and the other in Samuel. I can't remember exactly which chapter in Samuel. you have to look it up for yourself. But it, this book was mentioned twice in, in that. So... Jasher 25:28 and Rebecca Rivka the daughter of Bethuel the wife of Abraham's son Yitzhak was barren in those days she had no offspring and Yitzhak dwelt with his father in the land of Canaan and Yahweh was with Yitzhak and Arphaxad the son of Shem the son of Noah died in those days in the 48th year of the life of Yitzhak and all the days of Arphaxad lived were 438 years and he died now chapter 26 we're going to read through verse 8 and in the 59th year of the life of Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, Rebekah, Rivka, his wife, was still barren in those days. And Rivka said unto Yitzchak, Truly I have heard, my lord, that thy mother Sarah was barren in her days until my lord Avraham, thy father, prayed for her, and she conceived by him. Now therefore stand up, pray thou also to Elohim, and he will hear thy prayer, and remember us through his mercies. And Yitzchak answered his wife Rivka, saying, Abraham has already prayed for me to Elohim to multiply his seed. Now therefore this barrenness must proceed to us from thee. And Rivka and, and Rivka said unto him, But arise now thou also and pray, that Yahuwah may hear thy prayer and grant me children. And Yitzchak hearkened to the words of his wife, and Yitzchak and his wife rose up and went to the land of Moriah to pray to pray there and to seek Yahuwah. And when they had reached that place, Yitzchak stood up and prayed to Yahuwah on account of his wife because she was barren. Now, let's back up for a second. Um, you know, it's interesting because as we read Torah, we see that one of the very first commands, you know, at, when they left the garden was, you know, that... Um, you know, your desire will be to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Um, we see it all throughout the scriptures that the man is the head of the household. Um, but, you know, we also see that these great patriarchs listen to their wives. So this isn't like a, you know, even though the man has the head, this isn't like a, whatever I say goes and you have nothing to say. You have no say in this. That's, that's, that's not what this is about. Um, we can see that this is a partnership here and that the woman the woman has things to contribute and has wisdom. Now, if she speaks without wisdom, you know, then 
of course, and that's a different story, but uh, Yitzchak saw that his wife spoke with wisdom. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll listen. And you know, even with Avraham, when when uh, his wife Sarah was like, uh, get this get this bondwoman out of here. Uh, she's not going to be. And, and Avraham was brokenhearted because he loved Ishmael, right? He knew that Ishmael wasn't the son of promise, but he loves his son. Like any of you that have children, like, I mean, I'm sure most of you don't have uh, a two-wife scenario like Avraham did, but nevertheless, that was his son. Uh, and he he listened to his wife, right? She's like, get him out of here. He's like, okay. Now, thankfully, he had the most high was like, listen to your wife. He's like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, I can do that. But he, nevertheless, he hearkened to his wife. And um, anyway, so, so point being is, it's uh, it's not like a the man rules over the house as a tyrant, and you know the woman has no say. Like that's that's not how it goes. Uh, the woman certainly has uh, a lot of wisdom to bring. Well, I can't sp- I can't speak in every scenario, but I'm sure in most cases your the woman in your home has um, many great things to bring to the table and. Yes, you husband can hearken to the voice of your wife. Uh, we see patriarchs much greater than you and I did. And uh, anyways, so just uh, just an interesting point. And Yitzchak, because I've seen where people have taken this, oh, I'm the I'm man, I'm, I rule the house way too far into like, you know, like, you know, I rule the house and what I say goes and you have no say. And, you know, it's just, that's, I'm sure most of you aren't that way, but just in case you might start, have started to go that way now that you're following Torah and you're like, Oh, see wife, see, see wife, see what it says here. You're, you're supposed to listen to me, right? Have some wisdom. And Yitzhak said, O Yahweh Elohim of heaven and earth, whose goodness and mercies fill the earth, thou who didst take my father from his father's house and from his birthplace, and didst bring him unto this land, and didst say unto him, To thy seed will I give the land, and thou didst promise him, and didst declare unto him, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand of the sea, now may thy words be verified which thou didst speak unto my father." Uh, let me also actually clean up what I just said. We also know that Adam listened to the voice of his wife, uh, which was an opposition to the voice of the Most High, and that was extremely bad. So, have wisdom. Verse 7, For thou art Yahuwah Elohim, our eyes are toward thee to give us seed of men, as thou didst promise us. For thou art Yahuwah Elohim, and our eyes are directed toward thee only. And Yahuwah heard the prayer of Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, and Yahuwah was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. So, again, this is why I like comparing these other books, because, I mean, did we learn a whole lot? I don't know. Maybe I think we picked up a few nuggets because here all we get is that she was barren and he was entreated. Right. And so not saying that that's not enough here, but I want to know the whole story. I don't know about you. And so that's why these other books kind of fill in the holes. And it's just such a blessing. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of Yahuwah. 
And Yahuwah said unto her, Two nations are in your womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from your generation, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. So now we're going to go back to Jasher. We're going to pick up where we left off and get the rest of the story. So verse 9, And in about seven months after the children struggled together within her, and it pained her greatly that she was wearied on account of them, and she said to all the women who were in the, then in the land, Did such a thing happen to you as it happened to me? And they said unto her, no. And she said unto them, why am I alone in this amongst all the women that are upon the earth, were upon the earth? And she went to the land of Moriah to seek Yahuwah on account of this. And she went to Shem and Eber, his son, to make inquiries of them in this matter. And if in case you haven't, uh, weren't with us on the other um, portions, uh, Shem, well, first it was Noah and Shem, and they basically had like the school of Yahuwah. They were the teachers of Yahuwah. And Noah eventually died, and Shem became the teacher of Yahuwah. So so she went to Shem and Eber, his son, to make inquiries of them in this matter, and that they should seek Yahuwah in this thing respecting her. And she, and she also asked Avraham to seek and inquire of Yahuwah about all that had befallen her. And they all inquired of Yahuwah concerning this matter, and they brought her word from Yahuwah and told her, Two children are in thy womb, and two nations shall rise from them, and one nation shall be stronger than the other, and the greater shall serve the younger. All right, so we'll go back to 25. And uh, actually, for verse 23, I want to read a little bit of the Targums. So the Targums are the Aramaic translation, and we're going to read the first paragraph here in Toldoth. Some interesting things here. These are the generations of Yitzchak bar Avraham, son of Avraham. And because the appearance of Yitzchak resembled the appearance of Avraham, the sons of men said, In truth, Avraham begot Yitzchak. So, um, you know, because some of the people of the land doubted that Avraham could have a son at such an old age, him and Sarah, right? Sarah was past, way past childbearing days. Avraham was old as, as old, right? And so the... So it said that Yitzchak looked like Avraham. And so the people were like, wow, in truth, this is Avraham's son, right? So pretty cool little nugget that we get in the Targums that we don't get anywhere else. And Yitzchak was the son of 40 years old when he took Rivka, the daughter of Bethuel the Aramite, who was of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban the Aramite, unto him for a wife. And Yitzchak went to the mountain of worship, the place where his father had bound him, right? So the place where we talked about uh, last week or two weeks ago with the offering up of Isaac uh, on Mount Moriah. So we went back to the same place. And Yitzhak in his prayer turned the attention of the Holy One. Blessed be he from that which he had dec- decreed concerning him who had been childless. And he was enlarged, and Rivka, his wife, was with child. And the children pressed in her womb as men doing battle. And she said, If this is the anguish of a mother, what then are children to me? And she went to the school of Shem Rabbah, to, so Rabbi Shem, or the teacher Shem, to supplicate mercy before Yahuwah. Uh, we're going to skip this part and go down here. And Yahuwah said to her, Two peoples are in thy womb, and two kingdoms from thy womb shall be separated, and the one kingdom shall be stronger. Now listen to this. Listen to this. This is interesting. The one kingdom shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger if the children of the younger will keep the commandments of the Torah. Bam. Right? Big nugget. Big nugget. Okay, um, Genesis twenty five twenty four. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. 
And after that came out his brother, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Yaakov, and Yitz- Jacob. And Yitzchak was three score years old when she bore them. And uh, let's see, we'll read the targum in a second. Now this is a this is a little different. Um, this is why I'm testing the targums. This is an interesting little ch- uh, passage here. And the 270 days of her being with child were completed, nine months, to bring forth, and behold, twins were in her womb, and the first came out forth wholly red as a garment of hair, and they called his name Esau, because he was born altogether complete with the hair of the head and the beard, that's really interesting, and teeth and grinders, that is that would be an inter- if this is true, that would be an interesting sight to see. And afterward came forth his brother in his hand, had hold on the heel of Esau, and they called his name Yaakov. And Yitzchak was a son of six years old when he beget them. All right, so let's keep going. So, I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. It, but what if he did come out with already a beard and teeth? That would that'd be kind of weird. I mean, we saw in the book of Enoch that uh, that Noah came out uh, speaking and praising to the Most High, and that he his countenance literally lit up the entire house. Um, so, you know, anything can happen. Genesis 25, 26, uh, no, or 27. And the boys grew and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Yaakov was an upright man dwelling in tents. And Yitzchak loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rivka loved Yaakov. So let's, uh, let's get some extra details in Jasher 26, 17 through 18. And the boys grew up to their 15th year, and they came amongst the society of men. Esau was a designing and a deceitful man, and an expert hunter in the field. And Yaakov was a man perfect and wise, dwelling in tents, feeding flocks, and learning the instructions of Yahuwah and the commands of his father and mother. And Yitzchak and the children of his household dwelt with his father Avraham in the land of Canaan, as Elohim had commanded them. Um, let's see. I think there's some more. We'll keep going. Okay. We'll keep going. All right. Uh, Genesis 25, 29. And Yaakov sawed pottage and Esau came from the field and he was faint. And Esau said to El Yaakov, feed me, I pray you with that same red pottage for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Yaakov said, sell me this day your birthright. And Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Yaakov swore to me this day. And he swore to him. And he sold his birthright unto Yaakov. Then Yaakov gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So let's let's reason with one another. Um, I don't believe that Esau was starving to death that he thought he was going to die so that he needed a bowl of soup to live in exchange for his birthright. I believe that Esau thought he was really going to die. And there's something to this. And the book of Jasher tells us exactly what that is. And we're going to read that here in Jasher 27. And Esau at that time, after the death of Avraham, frequently went into the field to hunt. And Nimrod, king of Babel, the same was Amraphel, also frequently went with his mighty men to hunt in the field and to walk about with his men in the cool of the day. 
And Nimrod was observing Esau all the days, for a jealousy was formed in the heart of Nimrod against Esau all the days. Right, because Nimrod was a mighty hunter, and so was Esau. So Esau must have been just maybe younger and faster and quicker than, than Nimrod, because Nimrod was really old in this time. He's probably, what, maybe 200 years old at this point. Um, so he was jealous of Esau, right? And on a certain day, Esau went into the field to hunt, and he found Nimrod walking in the wilderness with his two men. And all his mighty men and his people were with him in the wilderness, but they removed at a distance from him, and they went from him in different directions to hunt. And Esau concealed himself for Nimrod, and he lurked for him in the wilderness. And Nimrod and his men that were with him did not know him. And Nimrod and his men frequently walked about in the field at the cool of the day, and to know where his men were hunting in the field. And Nimrod and two of his men that were with him came to the place where they were, they were, when Esau started suddenly from his lurking place and drew his sword, and he hasted and ran to Nimrod and cut off his head. And Esau fought a desperate fight with the two men that were with Nimrod. And when they called out to him, Esau turned to them and he smote them to death with a sword. And all the mighty men of Nimrod who had left him to go into the wilderness heard the cry at a distance and they knew the voices of those two men and they ran to know the cause of it. And when they found their king and the two men that were lying with him dead in the wilderness, and when Esau saw the mighty men of Nimrod coming at a distance, he fled and thereby escaped. And Esau took the valuable garments of Nimrod. And this is an, this is an amazing story because this tells ex exactly how these garments went back into the possession of um, the lineage of Shem or the lineage of, uh, um, well, yeah, lineage of Shem, Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And Esau took the valuable garments of Nimrod, which Nimrod's father had bequeathed to Nimrod, which this is the garments of Adam and Eve, the garments of Adam and with which Nimrod prevailed over the whole land, and he ran and concealed them in his house. And Esau took those garments and ran into the city on account of Nimrod's men, and he came into his father's house weary and exhausted from fight, and he was ready to die through grief when he appeared, approached his brother Yaakov and sat before him. He said unto his brother Yaakov, Behold, I shall die this day, and wherefore then do I want the birthright? And Yaakov acted wisely with Esau in this matter, and Esau sold his birthright to Yaakov, for it was so brought by, brought about by Yahuwah. And Esau's portion in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Avraham had bought from the children of Heth for the possession of a burial ground, Esau also sold to Yaakov. And Yaakov bought all this from his brother Esau for value given. And Yaakov wrote the whole of this in a book, and he testified the same with witnesses, and he sealed it. And the book remained in the hands of Yaakov. And when Nimrod, the son of Cush, died, his men lifted him up and brought him in consternation and buried him in his city. And all the days that Nimrod lived were 215 years, and he died. And the days that Nimrod reigned upon the people of the land were 185 years, and Nimrod died by the sword of Esau in shame and contempt. And the seed of Abraham caused his death as he had seen in his dream. And at the end, I'm sorry, at the death of Nimrod, his kingdom became divided into many divisions, and all those parts that Nimrod reigned over were restored to the respective kings of the land, who recovered them after the death of Nimrod, and all the people of the, of the house of Nimrod were for a long time enslaved to all the other kings of the land. So, pretty interesting. Um, I, I think that accurately, accurately depicts why this man, uh, who is not, you know, it said he was a cunning and deceitful man. Uh, it didn't say he was... Um, 
I don't know. I don't even want to use the wrong word. It didn't say he was like like mentally challenged or um, that he didn't know what he was doing. He was like a bumbling buffoon. It didn't say any of that. Uh, it said he was actually really wise and deceitful. Uh, so if we're gonna, if he's wise and deceitful, how on earth is he selling his birthright because he's just so hungry? I believe that story is one hundred percent true, and it actually tells us why, how he, how the garments came back into possession, and why Esau was willing to sell his birthright because he thought Leah thought he was going to die. They, he thought that they were going to come get him and kill him. Okay, so all right, so that's the end of so that's the end of chapter twenty five. So let's go to twenty six, and we are going to listen from the. Word audio project. So if I'm not talking, don't be alarmed. It's just a pre-recorded uh, reading. So here we go, chapter 26. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. Stand by. For unto you and unto your seed I will give all these countries and will perform the oath which I swore unto Avraham, your father. And I will make your seed to... Okay. Bereshit, Genesis chapter 26. And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Avraham. And Yitzchak went unto Avimelech, king of the Pelishtim, unto Gerar. And Yahuwah appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Mitzrayim, dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. For unto you and unto your seed I will give all these countries, and will perform the oath which I swore unto Avraham, your father. And I will make your seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto your seed all these countries, and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Avraham obeyed my voice, and did guard my watch, my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. And Yitzchak dwelt in Gerar. And the men of the place asked him of his woman, and he said, She is my sister. For he feared to say, She is my woman, lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rivka, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Avimelech, king of the Pelishtim, looked out at a window and saw, and behold, Yitzchak was sporting with Rivka, his woman. And Avimelech called Yitzchak and said, Behold, of a surety she is your woman, and how said you, she is my sister? And Yitzchak said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. And Avimelech said, What is this that you have done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lined with your woman, and you should have brought guiltiness upon us. And Avimelech charged all his people, saying, He that touches this man or his woman shall surely be put to death. Then Yitzchak sowed in that land, and received in the same year a hundredfold, and Yahuwah blessed him. And the man waxed great, and went forward, and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks, and possession of herds, and great store of servants. And the Pelishtim envied him, for all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Avraham his father, the Pelishtim had stopped them, and filled them with earth, and Avimelech said unto El Yitzchak, Go from us, for you are much mightier than we. And Yitzchak departed thence, and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar. 
And Yitzchak dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Avraham his father. For the Pelishtim had stopped them after the death of Avraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Yitzchak's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdsmen of Gerar did strive with Yitzchak's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they dug another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and dug another well, and for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehovoth, and he said, For now Yahuwah has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Be'er Sheva, and Yahuwah appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the Elohai of Avraham your father, fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your seed for my servant Avraham's sake. And he built there an altar and called upon the name of Yahuwah and pitched his tent there, and there Yitzchak's servants dug a well. Then Avimelech went to him from Gerar, and Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Paikol, the chief captain of his army. And Yitzchak said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me, seeing ye hate me, and have sent me away from you? And they said, We certainly saw that Yahuwah was with you. And we said, Let there be now an oath even betwixt us and you, and let us cut a covenant with you, that you will do us no hurt, as we have not touched you, and as we have done unto you nothing but good, and have sent you away in peace, you are now the blessed of Yahuwah. And he made them a feast, and they did eat and drink. And they rose up early in the morning, and swore one to another. And Yitzchak sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Yitzchak's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had dug, and said unto him, we have found water, and he called it Sheva. Therefore, the name of the city is Be'er Sheva unto this day. And Esau was forty years old when he took to be his woman Yahudith, the daughter of Birai, the Chittai, and Basmat, the daughter of Elon, the Chittai, which were in grief of mind unto Yitzchak and to Rivka. Okay, that was chapter 26, and, you know, a couple interesting things here. You know, if um, I'm not going to read the Targums on this one because there's not a whole lot of difference, but it specifically said that the crops of um, Yitzchak grew, like, was it tenfold or a hundredfold compared to everyone else's, and they got jealous of him, and then that's why they kept being like, get away from this well. This well is, this is not yours. This is ours, and get, move away and go away and go away, and that's why they kicked him out because they were just, it was just literally jealousy. Um, so, uh, also what's interesting is, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that do not want to keep the Torah will quote Genesis 15 where it says, because the Abraham, um, uh, or Abraham believed Elohim and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So like, see, all we got to do is believe and it's counted unto us for righteousness. But we also have to take into consideration Genesis 26, 5. It says, because the Abraham obeyed my voice and did guard my watch, my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. So yes, the Torah existed before Mount Sinai. Um, 
And, you know, so when, you know, when someone quotes uh, Genesis 15, say, I, you know, when we agree, faith, you know, it's the faithfulness is the start of everything. But he also did this, and that's how, exactly how we're to be. We're, you know, we're to be faithful and obedient. Um, so praise be to Yahuwah for uh, giving us these amazing commandments. Uh, also, uh, let's see. What do I have here? Why do I have this version? And why do I have that? All right. So, yeah. Right, so this is what I was talking about, Genesis fifteen six, and he believed in Yahuwah, and he counted him to him for righteousness. Uh, John eight thirty seven through forty. This is a passage we've been reading a lot over the last couple of weeks. You know, it says, "I know that you are Abraham's seed." He's going back and forth with the Pharisees. He's like, "I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen of your father." And they answered and said to him, "Avraham is our father." Yahusha saith unto them, If you are Avraham's children, you would do the works of Avraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, the Torah, which I have heard of Elohim. This did not Avraham. But he says uh, specifically that if you are Avraham's children, you would do the works of Avraham. And we know that by faithfulness, we are the seed of Avraham. Yeah, the seed of Avraham. And so, if we're the children of Avraham, we should do the works of Abraham, right? So, and and uh, in comparing that again with here, that because Abraham obeyed my voice, did my guard, my watch, my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. Uh, let's see what else. So we're gonna look at a little more in Gen- uh, Jasher twenty-eight, seventeen through nineteen. So again, this is Jasher twenty-eight, seventeen through. 29. And after this, Shelach, the son of Arphaxah, died in that year, which is the 18th year of the lives of Yaakov and Esau. And all the days that Shelach lived were 433 years, and he died. At that time, Yitzchak sent his younger son Yaakov to the house of Shem and Eber, and he learned the instructions of Yahuwah. And Yaakov remained in the house of Shem and Eber for 32 years. And Esau, his brother, did not go, for he was not willing to go. And he remained in his father's house in the land of Canaan. And Esau was continually hunting in the fields to bring home what he could get. So did Esau all the days. And Esau was a designing and deceitful man, one who hunted after the hearts of men and inveigled him, inveigled, inveigled them. What does that word mean? I'm sorry, I'm a simple guy. I don't know what inveigled means. Uh, to win over by coaxing flattery or artful talk. Okay. And Esau was a valiant man in the field, and in the course of time went as usual to hunt, and he came as far as the field of Seir, the same as Edom. And he remained in the land of Seir, hunting in the field a year and four months. And Esau there saw in the land of Seir the daughter of a man of Canaan, and her name was Jehudith, the daughter of Birai, the son of Epher, from the families of Heth, the son of Canaan. And Esau took her for a wife, and he came to her. Forty years old was Esau when he took her, and he brought her to Hebron, the land of his father's dwelling place, and he dwelt there. And it came to pass in those days, in the hundred and tenth year of the life of Yitzchak, that, that is, in the fiftieth year of the life of Yaakov, and that year died Shem, the son of Noah. Shem was six hundred years old at his death. And when Shem died, Yaakov returned to his father to Hebron, which is in the land of Canaan. And in the fifty-sixth year of the life of Yaakov, P. 
people came from Haran, and Rebecca Rivka was told concerning her brother Laban, the son of Bethuel, for the life of Laban was barren in those days, and bare no children, and also all his handmaids bare none to him. And Yahweh afterward remembered Ad Adina, the wife of Laban, and she conceived and bare twin daughters. All right, so we find out that Leah and Rachel were twins. And Laban called the names of his daughters the name of the elder Leah and the name of the younger, younger Rachel. And those people came and told these things to Rivka, and Rivka rejoiced greatly that Yahweh had visited her brother and that he got children. So you, it would, probably what was supposed to happen, well, nah, obviously everything happened the way it was, but I imagine maybe uh, the twins were supposed to marry twins. So Esau should have probably had Leah. Yaakov was supposed to have Rachel, but uh, Esau was wicked, and Yaakov got both of them. Okay, so let's go to 27, and yeah, we'll go to 27, and we'll do the uh, the Sefer reading again. All right, and I'll probably have to fix it again. I probably messed that one up too. Hang on. And his eyes were dim so that he could not see. He called Esau his eldest son and said, Bereshit, Genesis, chapter 27. And it came to pass that when Yitzchak was old, and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old, I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray you, your weapons, your quiver, and your bow and go out to the field, and take me some venison, and make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. And Rivka heard when Yitzchak spoke to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison, and to bring it. And Rivka spoke unto Eliakov her son, saying, Behold, I heard your father speak unto Esau your brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat that I may eat. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command you. Go now to the flock, and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goat, and I will make them savory meat for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father, that he may eat, and that he may bless you before his death. And Yaakov said to El Rivka his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father perchance will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be your curse, my son, only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. And he went, and fetched, and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rivka took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Yaakov, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Yaakov. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? And Yaakov said unto his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done according as you bade me. Arise, I pray you, sit and eat of my venison, that your soul may bless me. And Yitzchak said unto his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, 
because Yahuwah Elohaika brought it to me. And Yitzchak said unto El Yaakov, Come near, I pray you, that I may feel you, my son, whether you be my very son Esau or not. And Yaakov went near unto El Yitzchak, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Yaakov's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Are you my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless you. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat. And he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Yitzchak said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son, as the smell of the field which Yahuwah has blessed. Therefore Elohim give you of the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone that curses you, and blessed be he that blesses you. And it came to pass, as soon as Yitzchak had made an end of blessing Yaakov, and Yaakov was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Yitzchak his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting, and he also had made savory meat, and brought it unto his father, and said unto his father, Let my father arise, and eat of his son's venison, that your soul may bless me. And Yitzchak his father said unto him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son your firstborn, Esau. And Yitzchak trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that has taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before you came and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me. And he said, Is not he rightly named Yaakov? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Yitzchak answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him your lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with grain and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto you, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me! Even me also, O oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Yitzchak his father answered and said unto him, Behold, your dwelling should be the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. And by your sword shall you live and shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you shall have the dominion that you shall break his yoke from off your neck. And Esau hated Yaakov because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Yaakov. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rivka. And she sent and called Yaakov, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, your brother Esau, as touching you, comforts himself, purposing to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise. Flee to Levan, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days, 
until your brother's anger turn away from you and he forget that which you have done to him. Then I will send and fetch you from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And Rivka said to El Yitzchak, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Cheth. If Yaakov take a woman of the daughters of Cheth, such as these which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? Okay, so chapter twenty-seven, and the one of the one of the interesting reasons I like putting the the word audio on here for you. Uh, I also get to do some quality assurance testing, uh, and there were a couple, uh, for some reason, a couple of passages that were just completely cut out there. So, uh, making note of them, and we'll get those fixed before we release the entire chapter out there. So, sorry about that. A little bit, think a couple of things were missed, but uh, nevertheless, that was chapter. No, it's chapter 27. A um, couple things I want to talk about. Uh, actually, it's really in the the Targums. I want to uh, want to share that with you. Let's see. Let's go down to. It's basically we're just basically going to read chapter 27 in the Targums. There's a couple things that are interesting in here. Yeah. Okay, so Okay, so this is the tar this is the Aramaic Targum version of Genesis twenty seven. And it was when Itzhak was old and his eyes were darkened from seeing because and this is interesting, um last year, the la- this time last year, we when we did week six, I asked the question and I was like, Why are Yitzhak's eyes dim but someone like Moshe's eyes were never dim. He was 120 years old, and his eyes were never dim. So, interestingly enough, this year, I answered that question. If you if you're with me last year, you might remember I posed that question. Well, this year it got answered by reading the Targum, so it's kind of cool. And it was and it was when Yitzchak was old, and his eyes were darkened from seeing, because when his father was binding him, he had seen the throne of glory, and from that time his eyes had begun to darken. That he called Esau his elder son on the fourteenth of Nisan, uh, so the fourteenth day of the first month, so Passover. And he said to him, "My son, behold, this night they on high praise Yahweh the world, and the treasuries of the dew are opened on it." And he said, "Behold, I am." And he said, "Behold, now I am old." I know not the day of my death, but now take thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go forth into the field, and take me venison, and make me food of such as I love, and bring it to me, and I will eat, that my soul may bless bless thee ere I die, before I die. And Rivka heard by the Holy Spirit as Yitzchak spake with his son, I'm sorry, as Yitzchak spake with Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to take venison to bring it. And Rivka spake with Yaakov, her son, saying, Behold, this night those on high praise Yahweh of the world, and the treasuries of the dew are opened in it. I have heard thy father speaking with Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me food, and I will bless thee in the presence of Yahweh before I die. And now, my son, receive me from me what I command thee. Go now to the house of the flock, and take me from thence two fat kids of the goats, one for the Pasha, the, the Passover, and one for the oblation of the feast. And I will make of them food for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt carry to thy father, and he will eat, that he may bless thee before his death. And because Yaakov was afraid to sin, fearing lest his father might curse him, he said, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall be in his eyes like one who derideth him. 
and bringing upon me a curse and not a blessing. And she said, If with blessings he bless thee, they shall be upon thee and upon thy sons. And if he curses, he, sh he should curse thee, they shall be upon me and upon my soul. Therefore receive from me and go and take from me. And you know, it's something interesting to think about how this all goes down. Um, you got to wonder if maybe Yahuwah had something different planned, but this is how kind of it worked out because we have to go back and remember that that Rivka knew that the elder would serve the younger and she's thinking to herself, well, why hasn't that happened? I mean, he's, you know, uh, my husband's getting ready to bless, uh, you know, um, Esau, but Yahuwah promised that it would be the other way. And, you know, maybe she decided to go this route. Maybe it was this way from the beginning. I don't know. Uh, I do know that there was deceit. There was deceit here. There was lying involved here. Uh, and maybe that's why, uh, you know, Yahuwah allowed Laban to, you know, deal deceitfully with Yaakov. Maybe it was retribution. I don't know. Uh, I'm not judging Yaakov. I'm not judging the situation at all. Uh, just, you know, just having like a discussion, like if you guys were in my living room. Um, talking about this because I mean we should talk about this because um, we know it's not cool to lie or to have false witness or you know false very false witness and those kind of things um, I'm not saying here I'm not laying sin upon Yaakov that's not what I'm doing but I'm just I'm hypothesizing or just you know posing the question maybe that's why the you know Yaakov the name means supplanter to supplant like um and so maybe that's why the supplanter was supplanted by Laban by a couple ways. He, his wages were ch changed 10 times by him. And, you know, he served him in agreement for Rachel, but uh, they turn off all the lights in the house and they swapped Rachel with Leah. So, the you know, he got deceived himself. So maybe that's just, you know, why that worked out that way. I don't know. Maybe this was Yahweh's plan from the beginning and this is just how he wanted it to work out. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting, but I just wanted to just cover that for a second. And, okay, let's see. And he went and took and brought to his mother, and his mother made food such as his father loved. And Rivka took the pleasant vest, pleasant vestments of Esau, her elder son, which had form, formerly been Adam's. So here we are. We just learned earlier how Esau came into possession of the garments of Adam that Nimrod had because he killed Nimrod. He stripped him of his garments, and he's like, these are mine now. Uh, so Rivka took those and, uh, yeah, so Rivka took the pleasant vestments of Esau, her elder son, which had been formerly Adam's, but which that day Esau had not worn, but they remained with her in the house and with them. And she dressed Yaakov, her younger son, and the skins of the kids she laid upon his hands and the smooth parts of his neck. And the food and the bread she had made she set in the hands of Yaakov, her son. And he entered unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Behold me, who art thou, my son? And Yaakov said, I think this is all the same. Um, yeah, this is all the same. Uh, here this is different. And he said, Draw near, and I'll eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he approached him, and he ate. And he had no wine, but an angel prepared it for him from the wine which had been kept in its grapes from the days of the beginning of the world. We saw very similar stuff uh, with the binding of uh, Isaac with the ram that had been prepared from the beginning of the world. And he gave it into Yaakov's hand, and Yaakov brought it to his father, and he drank. And Yitzchak, his father, said, Draw near now and kiss me, my son. And Yaakov drew near and kissed him. 
And he smelled the smell of his vestments, because he smelled the garment of Adam, and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of the fragrant incense, which is to be offered in the mountain of the house of the sanctuary, which shall be called a field which Yahuwah hath blessed, and that he hath chosen, that therein his Shekinah might dwell. Therefore the word of Yahuwah give thee of the good do. Okay, this is the same blessing. Um, uh, okay, we'll keep going. And it was when Yitzchak had finished blessing Yaakov, and Yaakov had only gone out about two handbreadths from Yitzchak, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting, and the word of Yahuwah had impeded him from taking clean venison, but he had found a certain dog and killed him and made food of him and brought to his father and said to his father, Arise, my father, and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Yitzchak, his father, said to him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy firstborn, Esau. And Yitzchak was moved with great agitation when he heard the voice of Esau, and the smell of his food rose in his nostrils as the smell of burning Gehenna, which is burning hell. Um, I don't know why that's... Yeah, anyways... It's just interesting. So again, so and the smell of his food rose in his nostrils as the smell of burning Gehenna. And he said, Who is he that hath got venison and come to me? And I have eaten all of which he brought me before thou camest. I have blessed him and he shall be blessed. Okay, so this is all, I think all the same. Um, yeah, here this is interesting. And Yitzchak answered and said to Esau, Behold, among the good fruits of the earth shall be thy habitation, and with the dews of the heavens from above. And upon thy sword shalt thou depend, entering at every place. Yet thou shalt be supple and credulous, and be in subjection to thy brother. But it will be that when his sons become evil, and fall from keeping the commandments of the Torah, thou shalt break his yoke of servitude from off thy neck. Now that makes sense to me. And let's see. Yeah, this is all all the same. Okay, we'll uh, we'll pause there. We'll go back to. Yeah, we'll go back. Let's see. Jubilees. I have a note here for Jubilees twenty six seventeen. Seventeen. Here we go. Uh. And Yaakov went near Yitzchak, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Yaakov's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because it was a dispensation from heaven to remove his power of perception. And Yitzchak discerned not, for his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's. And I think the rest is the same. Yeah. Same. Okay, the rest was the same. I just wanted to point that out in Jubilees because I thought it was pretty interesting. And we're also going to read... Okay, so now we're going to go to Genesis 28. We're going to finish with... Uh, let's see. I think we just go to verse 9. Is it verse 9 or verse 8? Okay, Genesis 28.1. And Yitzchak called El Yaakov and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, You shall not take a woman of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Badan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take you a woman from thence of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. 
And El Shaddai bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be a multitude of people and give you a blessing of Abraham to you and to your seed with you that you may inherit the land wherein you are a stranger which Elohim gave unto Abraham. And Yitzchak sent away Yaakov and he went to Badan Aram unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Arami, the brother of Rivka, Yaakov, and Esau's mother. Okay, yeah, we're reading till verse 9. And when Esau saw that Yitzchak had blessed Yaakov and sent him away to Padan Aram to take him a woman from thence, and that he, as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, You shall not take a woman of the daughters of Canaan. And that Yaakov obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Padan Aram. And Esau, seeing that, that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Yitzchak his father, then went Esau unto Ishmael and took unto the woman which he had, Machalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, sister of Nevaot, to be his woman. And that's the end of the portion. Um, but I want to read uh, kind of a prep for next week. Um, because he wasn't, he, he actually wasn't sent to, um, well, he was sent to go get a wife, right? But he brought, you know, he brought um, betrothal gifts because let's just be honest here. Yitzchak, uh, Jacob's father, was not uh, a poor man. He was a very rich man. So Yaakov, Jacob, would have gone to Laban's house with uh, plenty of betrothal gifts uh, and the the bride price and and uh, the, the dowry. Excuse me, that's the word I was searching for. He would have come ready with the dowry for the woman, just like we saw with Eleazar when he went to go get Rivka for Yitzchak. He came with a dowry and he gave it to Levan and you know and the the whole house. So Yaakov would have been traveling to Levan with riches to go get himself a woman. So let's go see why he had to serve Laban with hard labor to earn those wives. So we're going to turn to, um, oh, I don't want to read this. Why? What is that for? That was ridiculous. Um, let's go to Jasher 29, 12 through 41. And when Esau saw that Yaakov had fled and escaped from him, that he Yaakov had cunningly obtained the blessing, then Esau grieved exceedingly, and he was also vexed at his father and mother. And he rose up and took his wife and went away from his father to the land of Seir, that he dwelt there. And Esau there saw a woman um, amongst the daughters of Heth, whose name was Bosmat, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. He took her for a wife in addition to his first wife, and Esau called her name Ada, saying, Blessed had blessing in that time had passed from him. And Esau dwelt in the land of Seir six months without seeing his father and mother. And afterward, Esau took his wives and rose up and returned to the land of Canaan. And Esau placed his two wives in his father's house in Hebron. And the wives of Esau vexed and provoked Yitzchak and Rebekah with their works. For they walked not in the ways of Yahuwah, but served their father's gods of wood and stone as their father had taught them. And they were more wicked than their father. And they went according to the evil desires of their hearts, and they sacrificed and burnt incense to the Balim. And Yitzchak and Rivka became weary of them. And Rivka said, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Yaakov take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are the daughters of the land, what good then is my life unto me? And in those days Adah, the wife of Esau, conceived and bare him a son. And Esau called the name of that son that was born unto him Eliphaz. And Esau was sixty-five years old when she bare him. 
And Ishmael, the son of Abraham, died in those days, in the 64th year of the life of Yaakov. And all the days that Ishmael lived were 137 years, and he died. And when Yitzchak heard that Ishmael was dead, and he mourned for him, and Yitzchak lamented over him many days. And at the end of 14 years of Yaakov's residing in the house of Eber, Yaakov desired to see his father and mother, and Yaakov came to the house of his father and mother to Hebron. And Esau had in those days forgotten what Yaakov had done to him in having taken the blessing from him in those days. And when Esau saw Yaakov coming to his father and mother, he remembered what Yaakov had done to him, and he was greatly incensed against him, and he sought to slay him. And Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, was old and advanced in days, and Esau said, Now my father's time is drawing nigh that he must die, and when he shall die, I will slay my brother Yaakov. And this was told to Rivka, and she hastened and set and called for Yaakov, her son. And she said unto him, Arise, go, and flee to Haran, to my brother Lavan, and remain there for some time, until thy brother's anger be turned from thee, and then thou shalt come back. And Yitzchak called unto Yaakov, and said to him, Take not a wife from the daughters of Canaan, for thus did our father Avraham command us according to the word of Yahweh, which he had commanded him, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land, if thy children keep my covenant that I have made with thee. Then will I perform, then also, then I also will perform to thy children that which I have spoken unto thee, and I will not forsake them. Now therefore, my son, hearken to my voice to all that I shall command thee, and refrain from taking a wife from amongst the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Haran, to the house of Bethuel, my, fa- my mother's father, and take unto thee a wife from there from the daughters of Levan, thy brothers, mother's brothers. Therefore take heed, lest thou should forget Yahweh the Elohim and all his ways in the land to which thou goest, and shouldst get connected with the people of the land, and pursue vanity, and forsake Yahweh the Elohim. But when thou comest to the land, serve there Yahweh, and do not turn to the right or to the left from the way which I commanded you, and which thou didst learn. And may the Almighty, the El Shaddai, grant thee favor in the sight of the people of the earth, and that thou mayest take there a wife according to thy choice, one who is good and upright in the ways of Yahuwah. And may Elohim give unto thee and thy seed the blessing of thy father, Avraham, and make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and mayest thou become a multitude of people in the land whither thou goest. And may Elohim cause thee to return to this land, the land of thy father's dwelling, with the children and with great riches, with joy and with pleasure." And Yitzchak finished commanding Yaakov and blessing him, and he gave him many gifts, right? So here we go. And he gave him many gifts together with silver and gold, and he sent him away. And Yaakov hearkened to his father and mother. He kissed them and arose and went to Badan Aram. And Yaakov was 70, 77 years old when he went out from the land of Canaan from Beersheba. So again, this is the beauty of the book of Jasher. It fills in all the holes for us of the timeline of how all this went down. And when Yaakov went away to go to Haran, Esau called unto his son Eliphaz and secretly spoke unto him, saying, Now hasten, take thy sword in thy hand, and pursue Yaakov, and pass before him in the road, and lurk for him, and slay him with thy sword in one of the mountains, and take all belonging to him, and come back. And Eliphaz, the son of Esau, was an active man and an expert with the bow, as his father had taught him. And he was a noted hunter in the field and a valiant man. And Eliphaz did as his father had commanded him. And Eliphaz was at that time 13 years old. And Eliphaz rose up and went and took 10 of his mother's brothers with him and pursued Yaakov. And he closely followed Yaakov and he lurked for him in the border of the land of Canaan, opposite to the city of Shechem. 
And Yaakov saw Eliphaz and his men pursuing him, and Yaakov stood still in the place in which he was going in order to know what this was, for he did not know the thing. And Eliphaz drew his sword, and he went on advancing, and he and his men toward Yaakov. And Yaakov said unto them, What is to do with you that you have come hither, and what meaneth it that you pursue with your swords? And Eliphaz came near to Yaakov, and he answered and said to him, Thus did my father command me, and now therefore I will not deviate from the orders which my father gave me. And when Yaakov saw that Esau had spoken to Eliphaz to employ force, Yaakov then approached and supplicated Eliphaz and his men, saying to him, Behold, all that I have, and which my father and mother gave unto me, that take unto thee, and go from me, and do not slay me, and may this thing be accounted unto thee a righteousness." And Yahuwah caused Yaakov to find favor in the sight of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, and his men. And they hearkened to the voice of Yaakov, and they did not put him to death. And Eliphaz and his men took all belonging to Yaakov, together with the silver and the gold that he had brought with him from Beersheba. They left him nothing. And Eliphaz and his men went away from him, and they returned to Esau, to Beersheba. And they told him all that had occurred with them to Yaakov. And they gave him all that they had taken from Yaakov. And Esau was indignant at Eliphaz his son and at his men that were with him because they had not put Yaakov to death. And they answered and said to Esau, Because Yaakov supplicated us in this matter not to slay him, our pity was excited towards him. And we took all belonging to him and brought it unto you. And Esau took all the silver and gold which Eliphaz had taken from Yaakov, and he put them into his house. Um, anyways, okay. So yeah, so that's why when he gets to Laban's house, he's he shows up empty-handed and he's got to work for them as opposed to just coming with the betrothal price uh, and um, the the dowry which his father gave him to to go get the wife, to his wife, but it didn't work out that way. So just wanted to give you the prep for that because next week that'll make a little more sense uh, when we get into week seven. Uh, again, why he had to work for it and all, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, um, the, uh, that is uh, week six of the Torah portions, Toldot. I uh, pray it was a blessing for you. Most importantly, I pray it was a, a blessing for the Most High that we as people coming together and studying his Torah in this late, late hour uh, of, of time. And um, may he continue to open our eyes that we may see his truth uh, and be changed by it and hearken to it and obey it. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah, we just come before you in Yahusha's name. We thank you for your word. We thank you for giving us so many resources to, to study your word uh, in these last days. And we just bless you and we just thank you for all you do. We thank you for Shabbat. And may you bless all of our Shabbats uh, today. And um, we just bless you. Amen. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, hey, uh, Shabbat Shalom to you. I uh, pray that you get some some good rest. And uh, we'll do the blessing and we'll do the song of Moshe and we will finish this week. So, Yevarechecha Yahuwah Ve'yishmerecha Ya'er Yahuwah Panavelecha Ve'yasem Yahuwah bless you and keep you. Yahuwah make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. So, brothers and sisters, Shabbat shalom to you. And um, did I miss did I miss a verse in singing Hebrew? Let me do it again, just in case I missed it. 
יברכך יחוה וישמרך. יאר יחוה פניו אליך וחונקה. יסייחוה פניו אליך וישם לך שלום. Shabbat shalom, brothers and sisters. Rest well, and we'll see you next week. I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my heir and I praise him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea And his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, The waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them you blew with your wind the sea covered them they sank like lead in the mighty waters who is like you oh Yahuwah among the mighty ones who is like you great in Awesome in praises, working wonders You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed
strength you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling peoples heard they trembled anguish gripped the inhabitants of Pelasheth then the chiefs of Edom were troubled the mighty men of Moab trembling grips them all the inhabitants of Canaan melted fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm they are as silent as a Until your people pass over, oh, Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, oh, Yahuwah. Which you have made for your own dwelling The meek dash, O Yahuwah Which your hands have prepared Yahuwah reigns forever And ever